Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! Welcome in Southern Middle Tennessee. You are tuned into Three Dudes, Three Dudes with a View. It is Monday morning. It is uh, Martin Luther King Day, a day to commemorate and celebrate uh, the life and the work of Dr. Martin Luther King. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How's it going, man? Doing well, Del. Uh, just you know, getting ready for a little bit of a makeover that we're doing here at the station, and uh, we've been moving some things around. And I gotta admit, we have found some classified Biden documents here. <laughs> well, that's the only thing we hadn't found in all these old closets. Um, and what Clayton's talking about is in the next few weeks, we're gonna do a little paint, new carpet on the interior of the station here. We're looking forward to it, but to get started on that we've got to clean out 70 years of junk uh and it just seems to it seems to grow overnight <laughs> it really does <laughs> you it know does. i mean you think you've got it all and then poof there's some more you know oh well dude number one mr jim york i don't believe he's with us yet uh okay we'll look forward to hearing from him regular special guest dude carrie powers how you doing Excellent. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. And MLK Day. Happy MLK Day. Happy MLK Day. And we also have with us this morning a friend of the station, uh, Representative Scott Sapecki. How you doing? Good morning, everybody. All right, folks. Scott Sapecki is in the state legislature. Uh, Last week they convened in a new session. Last week was mostly a a housekeeping week, uh, getting their rules and committees and whatever just sort of getting organized to do business and tomorrow morning i gather scott you're going to start doing business that that is correct uh, we uh we organized we assigned all of our committees uh it, it mostly was an uneventful week except for one very interesting thing that happened on the house floor that had all of us as on the on the republican side of the caucus kind of scratching our heads one of the new freshman representatives justin jones uh, he is a, um, uh, uh, well, I'm trying to be polite here. Um, he is an antagonist. Uh, when we were when they were protesting at the Capitol and they burnt the courthouse and stuff, he had organized a lot of that. And we had kicked him out of the House of Representatives, out, out of the General Assembly, uh, because he was throwing stuff on the representatives. Now, this is a Democratic or Republican representative? Uh, Democratic. And this this was this was before to, uh, he got elected about three years ago. Well, um, he ran for state rep- state house and he won. So uh, now, what courthouse was he th- throwing things? The Nashville courthouse. When did that happen? Uh, that was two years ago. That was like in two. 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I just missed that one altogether, folks. Sorry, I must yep. have been out of Remember town. Remember all that? When they were marching all over and they had the police everywhere and fires were set downtown, and it was pretty chaotic. They yeah. told us to stay away. Oh, wow. So, uh, I must have been on vacation or something. He's, I don't know. Uh, he's, on the, uh, he's on the House floor getting interviewed by Sam Stockard. 
You okay there, Clayton? Yeah, I'm good. I know it's shocking, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Uh, Sam Stockard is a very liberal reporter from Chattanooga, and so we were thinking it's a softball interview on the House floor, and all of a sudden, an argument breaks out between the two of them, and Justin Jones ends up chasing Sam, Sam Stockard around the floor of the General Assembly. What? <laughs> and we're like, what in the world is going on? And they, he asked him a gotcha question. You know, and uh, uh, basically, are you going to be able to work with the people that you were protesting up here and calling them names and throwing stuff on them? And Justin Jones took uh, offense to that question and ended up chasing him around the general assembly. We were all like, oh, this is. And, and where's Mr. Jones from? Yeah. Uh, Nashville. Okay. Nashville. Well, this so. is like, I'm trying to remember. Whoa, Sarah Elizabeth McLeod, where are you? A uh, hundred years ago, uh, Duncan Cooper and. Another representative got in an argument over uh, on the steps of the state capitol, and one of them got shot graveyard dead as a result. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that, hopefully that won't happen at all. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, we are organized up there, uh, Speaker Sexton assigned committees. Um, I'm once again assigned to the uh, House Education Instruction Subcommittee with my partner, uh, Deborah Moody, Chairman Moody, who uh, chairs the big, commu- uh, the big committee. I'm sorry about that. I dropped a pen. Um, and then uh, I'm back on insurance uh, uh, here to represent you know the, the interests of, of, of Tennessee. Uh, work very well with Farm Bureau, protecting uh, agriculture the best I can, and serve on the subcommittee. And then I've been held off of the Education Admin Committee right now. Um, speaker may have some chores for me to do in other committees, and he wants to have the flexibility to move me in and out because you're only allowed to serve on three standing committees. I'm serving on two right now, and I think it's going to be something in health I'll get moved over to and possibly something in criminal justice I'll be caring for the speaker. Okay. So, All right, folks, a couple of just administrative things. And, of course, we do want to hear about what you anticipate is going to come up in the legislature this week and in the coming weeks. Uh, first of all, it is Martin Luther King Day. And right here in Columbia, uh, at 9 o'clock this morning, there will be a, a, a rally or a whatever. Celebration. Celebration to commemorate Dr. King, to memorialize his work. Uh, there will be a there will be a short program on the square here at nine o'clock, and then there'll be a march uh, down South Main Street, then out East Eighth Street, and ultimately ending up at the Mount Calvary uh, Church, um, all to celebrate and commemorate Dr. King. Then on Wednesday, January eighteenth at six thirty p.m. at Columbia State Community College in the Wayman L. Hickman Building inside the Cherry Theater, uh, the annual Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Celebration Program will take place. Eddie Lee Wilkes, State President of the Elks, Tennessee State Association, is the keynote speaker. Music will be from, uh, it will be King-era music. Uh, music from the times of Dr. Martin Luther King, sung by Marshall, Marcel Fleming, Sharon Frierson, and Jadona Seacrest of the Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Choir. Uh, so this this is big, and these are solemn but celebratory events. And everybody's, you know, if you can participate, these are all free and open to the public. So there you go. And Coach Mike Lyle is with us this morning. Uh, many of you may know that uh, down in Selma, Alabama, they've had eight deaths, uh, enormous amount of property destruction. Uh, destruction and coach Mike Lyle is not only with us here at, and he's he he is uh, an integral part of Kennedy Broadcasting Company and we love him it's great to see him every day but his church the Southgate Church of Christ uh, is 
known for the, their outreach to help people who particularly suffer from disasters. And so, Coach Lyle, you've got uh, Southgate's heading to Selmer, are they not? Yeah, our, our disaster relief team has been activated uh, this weekend, and uh, our team will be taking our food trailer and, and going down to Selma, Alabama. I I think it's going to be with the I think it's the Oak Ridge Road Church of Christ in Selma and in, in Selma, but it's one of the churches there in Selma, Alabama. And, and you told and, me earlier though that they had formed you down that when y'all reached out to them and they've said, "Yeah, we we are overwhelmed." Yeah, they know? are. Uh, they've been. Uh, they've been doing relief efforts down there. Uh, this this particular church has been. Uh, hosting relief efforts on their uh, on their campus or on their in their congregation since the days of you know since the day the tornadoes happened and they're just they're basically getting worn out and it's time you know they, they reached out to us uh, we, we kind of reached out to several congregations down there they called back and said yes we need you come on down we you know so our group's going to go down there uh, they're leaving tomorrow about 11:30 in the morning uh, they'll stay down there through Friday evening and uh, supply uh, starting uh, Wednesday. We'll we'll supply three meals a day for about three days. And give them a chance to kind of get their feet back under them. And I believe uh, you told me y'all are preparing to supply twelve hundred meals. Yeah, total twelve. We're we're looking at two hundred uh, three meals a day on those three days. Two hundred roughly estimating two hundred meals per or you know two hundred meals per meal. And <coughs> excuse me. And then uh, doing what we can to help them. (laughs) Excuse me. Folks, that's just amazing. And this is certainly not the first time Southgate has done this. Uh, They've got a a disaster team. Uh, They go on the road where people are in need, particularly in that natural disasters, that kind of thing. So, yeah, and of course, uh, those the the supplies and the trailer and stuff like that didn't come for free. And so, to uh, help out, go so to if you can help us out with that, uh, go to the SouthgateChurchOfChrist.org website. There is a when you get on the the homepage there, there is a blue give button down in the lower right hand corner of the page. You hit on that button, and then there's a drop down or a pop up or a drop down menu, however you want to term it, that will say give. You hit that button, uh, and uh, you know that that'll drop to. Uh, uh, then you'll see a uh, disaster relief efforts, and you can hit that, and you can electronically send funds in to be directly to that group, uh, or you can call our office at nine three one three eight eight seven three three four. Nine three one three eight eight seven three three four. That's and the Southgate Church Christ. That's our office. Southgate Church of Christ office and uh, Church of Christ office, and they'll. Uh, you know they'll give you instructions and you want to bring it by there or whatever of course if you want to bring uh help here by the uh station i'll i'll make sure i'm 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 a part of that team i'm the i'm the supply officer for that team so i'll be uh i'll be leaving uh, i'll be heading out uh, today to go buy the food that they're going to be cooking and uh distributing uh so uh, appreciate your thoughts and effort, or thoughts and prayers on our efforts, and uh, we pray for a successful trip for that bunch. Okay, the Murray Countyans helping out people in need in Southern Alabama. It's a great thing. Scott Specky, all right. The legislature, uh, I mean, really gets rolling tomorrow. Well, what do you see? What's what's on the horizon? Well, I think you're going to see uh, probably four major issues that are going to be addressed uh, in the General Assembly uh, this year. One is going to be the 
third grade retention bill and continuing on with education reform in Tennessee. Uh, you'll see some more criminal justice reform bills come through about truth and sentencing. Uh, I think you're going to see uh, health care going to take a front, a front there with uh, trying to provide more money under 10 care for our um, health care providers uh, locally, uh, dealing with the uh, uh, the big three medical par- medical care uh, 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 agencies that handle all of 10 care and requiring them to pay a certain amount down to our locals to make sure that they're funded properly. And then lastly, the one we're all waiting for in the state of the state address from Governor Lee is his proposal for infrastructure and how we're going to solve that in not only middle Tennessee, but the state of Tennessee as we continue to grow. Over the last census, we grew over a million people, a million people from uh, uh, in Tennessee, and they did not come from East Tennessee. They, no, no, they didn't. <laughs> they came from all over the country. And that's, and that's one of the things we're going to have to deal with is... You know, um, there are a lot of people that move here, and, and we talk to them all the time. I talk to them on the square, and they're, you know, I moved here from so-and-so, and I'm a Republican, or I'm a whatever, you know. But we have to teach people what it means to be a Tennessean, what it means to be why you're here, right? You're moving here for a reason. Let's, let us teach you what it means to be a Tennessean. And that's the thing we're going to have to really maintain is our vigilance on, on trying to maintain who we are as a state and as a people so that we don't lose that and become a purple state real quick. Right, right, right. And uh, most folks, though, I've encountered moving here, I mean, they very clearly know they are moving to quality of life, uh, low taxes, uh, opportunity, business opportunities. Um, and they they usually quickly say, I'm not one of those Californians. I'm <laughs> well, one of the things that we, I mean, obviously the message that we have to sell is very easy to sell. And there's people moving from all over the upper northeast to Rust Belt, California, that are seeking a better way of life, not only for themselves, but but for their children. And so uh, we we do welcome people to come to Tennessee. We just want to make sure that you understand what it means to be a Tennessean. There you go. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, Scott, let's, this third grade retention bill is um, something that I still don't quite understand. So I suspect if I don't. We'll have to hold you back then, Delk. Yep, yep, yep. Let's come back on the other side and talk about it. Parks Motor Sales in Columbia has a large assortment of quality new and pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, a trusted sales staff, and financing plans that fit any budget. Visit Parks once and you'll quickly discover why people all over Middle Tennessee have been buying vehicles there for more than 60 years. And factory-certified technicians can service and repair your vehicle as long as you own it. Go to ParksMotorSales.com or stop by the lot at 919 Nashville Highway and take a test drive today. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. 
A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife, Bradley, and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder, and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com, and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Three dudes with a view, Bundy Martin Luther King Day edition. My name is Delphi Kennedy. I'm dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing? Doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. And dude number one, Mr. Jim York, is has not joined us, and I you know, we haven't heard from him. I, I assume he's well, folks. Um, but Mr. York sure sure would like to hear from you just to know your. What time was that celebration for MLK on the square? Nine o'clock. He might be down there. I text I texted him and he said that he didn't think y'all were doing the show today. Okay, so okay, okay. Maybe. And I I bet he's attending that um, ceremony at nine o'clock on the square as well. So um, all right, Mr. York, we'll get you back tomorrow. We do miss you. All right, <laughs> Carrie Powers, regular special guest dude. How you doing? Excellent, thank you. All right, Carrie, we're uh, Scott's about My favorite to... topics coming up. Are we going to talk about education? We are going to talk about education, and uh, let's let public Scott... education. We're going to talk about public education. Scott's going to talk about uh, a bill that he's promoting or 
moving or I don't know, whatever you call it, in the legislature this year. Sponsoring. Sponsoring. Uh, a third, it's called the Third Grade Retention Bill. And, Carrie, uh, you've got children in public schools right now, a little older, um, but you've been there recently and done that. You also served on the school board. So let's let Scott tell us uh, what the Third Grade Retention Bill is all about. And then, Carrie, maybe you can uh, ask some questions. So uh, a year ago, we we tried to address in the General Assembly the failures that are in education right now, in public education, and the failures of our third graders reading, basically 33% of them-ish are reading on grade level with with reading and comprehension levels acceptable to the state standards. Uh, You're talking about 67% of our, our third graders right now are not reading on grade level and comprehending the material that we're putting in front of them. The worst thing, though, is that 33% falls into the high 20s in 8th grade and drops even further than that as we get into high school. Um, Our high school literacy rates hover somewhere around 26, 27% on grade level in reading and comprehension. So um, you go back and you... Not so good. And one of the things that I do is I, you know, when you try to solve a problem, you look at the end result. What is this problem creating? Well, we have a shortfall in our our workforce right now. Uh, We have the highest remedial coursework in the state of Tennessee. We have that, that means people who graduate from high school who uh, simply don't have – they're not operating on a high school grad level, so you've got to give them remedial education. To get them up to basic levels to be hopefully successful in college. Right. Our community college graduation rate hovers around 51%, which is free. Free. Um, and then our four-year institution graduation rate is 37%, but it's not based off of a four-year completion. It's based off of a six-year completion. So the four years, the four year degrees that used to take four years or less to complete, 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 they're now measuring them on six year completion numbers. A lot of it has to do with remediation. They're burning a year of, of of school up there just trying to get caught up. Then you look back into high school. Okay, so what's the problem? What is the feeder into our colleges? Is our high schools? What do our high schools look like? Uh, we have a ninety something percent graduation rate, but all the data I just gave you has suggested that that, that diploma isn't worth the paper it's printed on. Yeah, they they're, they the diploma says they've graduated, but they don't have the skills a graduate is supposed to have. And so, when you look at that, what's the reason why? Well, we, because we don't want to hurt their feelings, okay. and we want to pass them on through. Well, that's where no no child left behind. Yep, and race, Bush. and race to the top came that gutted education. It took all the control away from our teachers to say, "Little Jenny or Johnny, you have to know this, or you're not going to the next grade." So then you look in the middle school, and I told you about the, the rates of, of literacy in, in eighth grade are roughly around 29 to 30%. And then you go, okay, what's the problem? And that's the thing I'm trying to solve. Well, the General Assembly thought that we could solve this by creating the retention bill, which means if you do not pass the third grade TCAP test at the end of the year, you have to be held back unless you go to summer school and show improvement and take a tutor for fourth grade. But in fourth grade, if you do not pass the fourth grade TCAP test, then you mandatorily have to be held in fourth grade. But here's the problem with that, folks. That's a test. If if you're waiting until third grade to evaluate a kid if they're on grade level, it's too late. That die has been cast four years ago. And so what we're, what we're looking at is, number one, and I'm very proud to, uh, to announce to everybody, I was going to run a bill that took the summer school and the tutoring supports that started in third grade and pushed them down into kindergarten one and two. 
So when they do get recognized as being behind, our teachers have an avenue to get them caught up through summer school and tutoring. Governor Lee picked that up, and he's going to put it in his budget. So that's been taken off the table. That will happen this year. Those those supports for summer school options and for uh, tutoring will be now pushed down starting in kindergarten for kids that are behind. Okay, so let me see if I got this right, Scott. So mm-hmm. it, it used to be that the summer school and extra tutoring wouldn't kick in until third or fourth grade. And now, uh, with this legislation upcoming this spring, uh, the extra uh, the summer school and the extra t- tutoring will kick in as early as kindergarten. Sort of. The, there was no mandatory requirement for summer school or tutoring before the retention bill. No mandatory. If you were if you sco- if you failed the TCAP test, you moved on. Okay. Now remind me what the TCAP test is. It is the end of the, it is the end of year course that we give our kids starting in third grade to hopefully evaluate. It's the high stakes test they take. All or nothing now. And so when with the retention bill... So it, it tests them to see if they're on operating on grade level. On, on grade level, on all subjects. But it, okay. Presently, that test is given in third grade. It starts, in third, starts in third grade. Okay. And so um, we created the retention bill, which now put, if you, score, if you don't pass the TCAP test, you have to go to summer school and you have to take a tutor. But the problem we got into, like I said, is if you wait till third grade, it's too late. It's, I know it's just not early enough. It's not early enough. And so governor's going to take that and push that back into kindergarten, which is a great start. Yes, it is. The other thing we looked at is the age of the student. And, I, and you've heard me talk about this. I got to asking the comptroller, okay, out of these 33%, and anecdotally as parents, we know that kids develop differently. Girls develop differently than boys, cognitively and emotionally. And if you talk to teachers like I have across the state, I always ask the, the kindergarten teachers and first graders, can you tell a difference between a kid that has been held back a year versus one that has started early? And every teacher tells me, yes, there is a difference cognitively and socially, emotionally in these kids that are more developed through age than anything else out there. And so I asked the comptroller, I said, can you look at the third grade literacy rate of 33% and tell me how many of those kids would be considered late starters? 83%. That is a huge number. 83% of our third graders that are on grade level in reading and comprehension would be considered late starters. Okay, so to rephrase that, then they're going to be the kids that started... um... They start kindergarten when they're six. Okay. Instead of five. Gotcha. So, so when they're going. Okay, so, just, sorry. Go I, have ahead, a, I have a comment on that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Say, Gary. Yeah. Well, okay. When people, so what you're saying or illuminating that 83% of the kids that are on grade level by third grade are the ones that waited to start kindergarten at age six. However, in Tennessee, or uh, at the time that my kids were there, there was no preschool provided by the state. So I think I am aware that a lot of parents say, oh, I can get my kids into school now. They're only five, but I, you know, I can get them out of daycare. It will save me money. So, you know, I'm thrilled that you say that support's going to be given in summer school and tutoring at a lower level. However, I think preschool you know would really help that these kids wouldn't be put into school earlier by their parents because it's a cost-saving measure at times 
and that I mean, but the people that choose to hold their kids until they're six to start them are the ones that seem to be more successful. So one of, they they can afford the daycare. So one of the things that that the bill we're going to be working on does is it doesn't touch it doesn't touch pre K. It allows parents to start their children in pre K when they're four years old. And it doesn't hurt kindergarten. It allows you to start your children when kindergarten at five years old. It's not now, a problem there. Scott, is, is pre-K available in the public school system now? It, it is. It is not uh, uh, universally for everybody. One of the reasons why is... In other words, not all counties or school districts. Uh, title, title I schools, right? Title I schools are, and basically the, the, the pre-qualifier is economically disadvantaged. Um, and so you look at this. So an economically disadvantaged school does get uh, pre-K. pre-K money. Okay. And so, you know, you look at the Vanderbilt studies over the last six years. They ran a study six years ago that said there's no statistical data that supports a kid that goes to pre-K and on the third grade literacy literacy test that there's any statistical difference between the, those kids that do go to pre-K and ones that don't. And then there was some argument on the data that it was flawed. And so last year, Vanderbilt repeated the study. Same data came out. There's no statistical difference. But if you look at the data that the comptroller came up and, with. And, and let me see if I can rephrase this to make sure I've got it. The comptroller found that there was a strong correlation between successful third graders, those reading, writing, doing arithmetic on grade level, and third graders who started kindergarten at age six. That's correct. Not below. That's correct. So the older kids do better. So what we're looking at is to to give kids the best chance of academic success. We're not going to touch pre-K. In fact, I think the Biden administration is going to start to open up pre-K with more funding dollars, which I don't know how they're doing because they're already $31, $32 trillion in debt. But they're going to put more money into pre-K. Um, we're not going to touch the starting age of kindergarten. Let let parents start their kids at five because, as, as Carrie suggested, there are those parents out there that don't have the economic means to support going to daycare or one parent staying home. So we don't want to hurt those kids. But what we're going to say is, unable to start first grade, you either have to have turned seven years old before school starts in first grade or pass a local assessment that's approved by the Department of Education to show that you know the material and you're ready to advance to first grade. If you're not, if you're a young student that starts at five in kindergarten and you're six years old waiting to go to first grade and you fail the assessment, all you do is repeat kindergarten. If you're willing to hold them in third grade when they're cognitively aware, and Mike knows this about, oh boy, I've just failed and now I'm repeating third grade. If you're willing to hold them in third, why don't we hold them in kindergarten when they're just happy to go to school to be with Mr. and Mrs. Jones, and we can get the kids on track so that when they hit first grade, we're not trying to catch them up. They're ready to do the work. Now, why is it called then the third grade well, retention bill? The one, that, the one that we're all talking about that a lot of the districts don't like is the mandatory retention in third grade that we have instituted this year. And what we're looking at is how can we expand that? How can we tweak that bill that we have to get to the point, Delk, in education in Tennessee and in our country for that matter because there's not many many people knocking it out of the park, that when a kid fails the third grade TCAP test, it has to be an anomaly. 
Like, what did we miss? We've had all these supports with summer school and tutoring. We're giving them the advantage of starting later, right? We're doing everything we can at the early grade levels. There must have been something we've missed. Was there a death in the family, a divorce? What happened? That's the The one thing you can't control, and that is what happens at home. That's correct. Yeah. Now, to to, to go back to Delk's question of why why third grade, Mm -hmm. why did did you hit there to start with, and now you're backing up and trying to tweak it was third third grade is where they first, that's the first grade that they take this TCAP or this high stakes test. Kindergarten, first and second grade, that test is not administered to them, so there's no real no measuring stick mm-hmm. other than the teacher's observations. And let, the, and, let me and make sure like I that. understand what you guys are talking about, though, because, I, again, I think this is confusing to most people. So presently in Tennessee, uh, uh, the TCAP test, the, the performance grade level test is given in third grade, mm-hmm. and if the child can't pass it, then they're mandatorily held for another year in third grade what's being proposed now though is to improve tweak that by moving back the retention to uh even kindergarten first second grade no the the the, the tweak is we're Mm -hmm. going to leave the line in the sand in third grade okay but what we're going to do is try to mitigate the amount of kids that are failing by getting them on the front end in kindergarten to get them on grade level in kindergarten so when they hit first second grade they're on grade level so when they hit third grade that retention bill shouldn't be a factor because they're on grade level now and they can pass and they're going to be required to be six years old to enter kindergarten or or pass no, no, the test. No, no, no. Okay. They have to be five years old to enter kindergarten. Stays okay. the same. Okay? Stays the same. To go to first grade, you either have to have turned seven before school starts, which would be a late starter. Okay. Or take a first grade assessment, given at the local level, to show that you were on grade level and ready to perform in first grade. So in addition to requiring first graders to be seven or performing on level... Uh, you're also going to move back the opportunity, though, for uh, summer school additional tutoring. You're moving that back all the way to all the way to kindergarten. Okay, to give them the supports they need to move forward. And I know Carrie's chopping at the bit to probably ask some questions. When we come back from break. Yeah, Carrie, welcome. Okay, be ready, <laughs> be ready girl. This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. I received this beautiful ring, but it needs to be sized. Where should I go? Tillis Jewelry, of course. We will be happy to size your ring, no matter where it was purchased. Each of our goldsmiths have over 30 years' experience. Tillis Jewelry's repair shop is in-store and always on time. Stop by and let us give you a free estimate today. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia and Lewisburg. Owned and operated by Rick, custom designer, and Terry, registered gemologist. Assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. Kick off the new year with new home upgrades from Hiller. This month, when you buy something you need for your home, we'll give you something you want. For a limited time, when you purchase a new whole home generator, new tankless water heater, or select new HVAC systems, we'll give you a free 55-inch TV, free solo smokeless stove, or a free Nintendo Switch. Pick your prize when you upgrade essential systems for your home. Don't wait. Book online at happyhiller.com today. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Each week on History's Hook, we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked. History's Hook with your host, Tom Price. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 for a journey through time. I'm talking to my favorite grocer. I've got Miles Johnson on the phone. What kind of specials you got for us this week? Well, for the whole one-week ad, we have ribeye steaks, $6.99 a pound, whole boneless ribeye for $5.99 a pound, three-pound bag yellow onions, $1.99 each, and Coca-Cola six-packs, two for nine. Wow, some great deals right there. And these specials will run through till next Tuesday, correct, Miles? That's correct. All right, and of course, your regular hours are 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., seven days a week. Got some great specials there. I'm telling you, you need to go check them out. That is for sure. The store is stocked very well. Uh, the people are very friendly, and they'll help you find whatever you need. It's easy to get in and out of. Uh, you got some a very friendly staff working there, and we really appreciate. I know I come in there from time to time as well. So, Miles, thank you as always. We appreciate talking to you. Uh, I'll talk to you next week, and you and the folks at Foodland have a great day. All righty. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Okay, welcome back. Martin Luther King Day. Am I on, coach? Okay, Martin Luther King Day edition of Three Dudes with a View. My name is Del Kennedy. I'm dude number three. Tomorrow we will be joined by Ron Hart as we regularly are on Tuesdays. He's a favorite son of Columbia. Uh, and uh, his column this week, which runs in various platforms around the world let me give you just a little preview of coming attractions ron writes 
After a raucous debate, the GOP, which fumbled the midterm election and only won a thin majority in the House, elected a leader, California Republican Kevin McCarthy, will take House Majority Leader Nancy Pelosi's seat. I hope he sprays the seat with Lysol before he sits on it. (laughs) Nancy Pelosi will be removed from the leadership since her party is the minority now. Pelosi passed on becoming minority whip, saying that sounded something like her husband might like. <laughs> Here's a question for you. Is Kevin McCarthy going to tear up Biden's speech when he does a State of the Union address? That like Nancy did? Beyond the pale. Wow. You know. And then wearing those crazy damn robes and outfits, you know. I mean, that's. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. And the left in this country today is just bizarre, wacko. Uh, and that sort of symbolizes it. They're, they're turning on Biden, though. I saw a clip from CNN over the weekend. Jake Tapper on uh, whatever that their Sunday show is. They're turning on the man. Well, that that's a whole... Yeah, I mean, y'all... They're, they're done with him. Well, Clayton Harris, dude number two, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> the... Uh, you know, yawn on finding all this classified stuff. Nothing's ever going to come of it. The only part that is fun about it, though, is, Clayton, you're right, because the the national uh, liberal media is, you know, they're more than happy to cover up anything the Democrats won't cover up. But this time, though, Biden didn't let them in on the conspiracy. He didn't tell them he had documents months ago. Or or and, in his Corvette that was locked up in a home uh-huh. that was allegedly owned by his and son. It's so locked they, up. So they didn't, yeah, they didn't get let in on the conspiracy, and as long as they're in on it, they're fine to do a cover-up. I, I, t- I tell you what so they were... So it's fun to watch them, but nothing's going to come up. But what they were really attacking him about, though, Delk, was Biden's claims that he was marching with the civil rights people that never happened. I, I mean, know. I mean, they were, it was just... A, it, it, I think the excuse the White House gave was, well, when he was in Congress, he was marching towards helping push legislation to... I mean, give me a break. Nobody's believe it. Even even Jake Tapper and the others at CNN were like. And the only reason I saw it was because somebody retweeted it on Twitter. I don't watch CNN, uh, but the well, fact that CNN has turned on Biden is quite hilarious. At you this know, point. I, but and I'm sorry though. Everybody keeps saying that Biden's a clown, a buffoon, and he's senile and went, folks. <laughs> he doggone near whipped our butts in these midterm elections despite all that and he basically did whip our butts and he has delivered 100 percent on what the people who voted for him wanted open borders war on fossil fuels massive government spending he's given it to them so you know people we got to get our head out of the sand and realize that you know <coughs> if we sit around and call him biden crazy and what people like paul ryan and some others saying anybody can beat biden that's just wrong. I agree. I That's agree. just wrong. All right. Regular special guest dude, Carrie Powers, how are you? I'm great. All right. <laughs> and uh, uh friend of the station, State Representative Scott Specky, state legislature is about to go into full, uh, they're, they're going into full work mode tomorrow. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, everybody. All right, Carrie. What, what about this third grade retention and the other re- accompanying reforms in kindergarten, first, second grade that Scott's talking about? Well, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to share my thoughts. And um, I mean, I started to believe in, in that a lot of the ideas and 
things that you are advocating for, Representative Sapigity, are great. You know, providing support at a younger age, um, really addressing things so young. I love it. Um, we did have three kids that attended t- a Title I school, Joseph Brown Elementary School. And um, I, at that time, spent a lot of time in the school kind of as extra hands for teachers. You know, I can remember providing assessments, um, helping the teacher just to be two more hands, if you will, like, do do the kids recognize what an A is? Do they understand phonically that that's the A sound or, you know, A, that kind of thing? And at that time, Joseph Brown Elementary School was running a summer program for at-risk kids. Um, A teacher named Ileana Duncan had a grant or there was some funding to do it. And it was remarkable how advanced those kids were. At that time, there was also a lot of community support programs going on in Brown School. Um, Murray Hills Church was sending people that would read with kids and help tutor kids. So I think that was kind of um, one particular school that had community resources to provide what y'all are talking about doing on a grander scale. And I think it really works. My only kind of pause is that I hear all these great things at state level but sometimes I don't see them come to fruition at the local level. And I really hope that it can be implemented to where these kids really get the benefit. And anything that says TCAP, I just think that's a wild card. I mean, how many years ago was it? Was a complete debacle, like the computer system crashed. So they were just like, okay, we're not going to do TCAP this year. Well, so the teachers had prepared for and, you know, talked to the test, then it never happened. Then there was no data for however long. And then we had COVID. So that's just kind of, I think that's mumbo jumbo. That really is to really count on that the way they do. It's junk in my mind. Thoughts on that, Representative Sabicki? <laughs> Sorry, but it, it can be a total wild card. No, that's okay. I, I understand that. One of the things that we've done, uh, I ran a bill two years ago to require paper testing in Tennessee had to do with the problems we had with the servers crashing. And for the last two years, we've been paper in Tennessee. And um, I was up there the first year when when it had crashed the third year out of four. And when this thing crashed, teachers, parents across the state were literally hundreds and hundreds of phone calls daily to, to our office. The last two years, we've been paper, uh, uh, Carrie. Do you know how many calls I've gotten on our testing in the last two years because we're paper? Zero. We hand a piece of paper. We hand the test to the kid. They take the test. There is no problems. It's turned back in and graded by the state, and the information comes back. We are getting worried again now is because last year was the first year that high school went back electronic. This year, middle school is going back online testing. So far, elementary will still stay paper for another year, but we are concerned that we're going to have Another crash in the system when you get Davidson, Shelby, Knox, and Hamilton County on the servers at the same time, it crashes everywhere across the state, especially in our rural communities. So uh, we'll be watching that. On the TCAP thing, I think we test too much. I really do. Uh, the, The federal government affords us the opportunity to test under their schedule, which is every other year. 
So starting in third grade, they would get a test, or they could start in, in fourth grade and get a test. And every year, every other year, they would test, and that would be the only thing they would take. Now, we still offer the benchmarks during the year to track the progress of the students, and we do RTI, which is response to intervention to help kids that are behind. But I really think, and in my gut of guts, Carrie, I'm, I'm telling you, I believe the future of education is in the past. How we used to do it, especially in early education, focusing on the foundational basics and fundamentals of education, driving them home. I'm going to today. I'm going to post, and I've showed the guys in in, in the uh, in the uh, in the room here today of stuff that was sent to me of how it, how innovative, I guess the word is, how an elementary school in Tennessee was with the ESSER money that was sent to them. Where if you think of a, of steps going up in, in, a, in a school, the, the part of the steps that face you, not the ones you step on, but the ones that show the elevation, they painted the multiplication tables on those steps. So every time the kids climb those stairs, they're looking at the multiplication tables or putting a protractor, which is the degrees, on a door and they can go out and they can ask the kids to open the door a certain amount of degrees and teach those. We got to get back to the fundamentals and basics. Our teachers are doing way too much. They're testing way too much. They're they're doing too many evaluations on these kids. Our teachers know who's behind and who's not. And I think if we can get them focused on back on the fundamentals and basics and get them focused on teaching the kids the, the, those foundational principles, in the long run, it's going to open up high school to the opportunities for these kids because when they hit eighth grade, they're on grade level, and now... And let me tell you, we are hemorrhaging money in career technical fields right now at the state level. Billions of dollars we're spending. We're spending another billion dollars just on education in our classrooms. But if the kids are on are not on grade level when they hit eighth grade, all that doesn't matter because they can't take advantage of it. They can't go to UT. They can't go to Columbia State. The Columbia State's graduate, not Columbia State's, our community college graduation rate is 51%. And it's free school. So we can't make it any easier. Uh, our TCAT centers, now that's our, tenors, our Tennessee Centers of Applied Technology, your electricians, your welders, people like that, they got a 94% graduation rate and a 98% job placement rate. So, But it all goes back to the basics, and you and I have had many conversations about this. you got to get them early. you got to get them early. Mike was going to say something. Go ahead, Mike. Shout out. Shout out. I, mean, so I was, I was going to ask you as part of the maybe the motivation behind some of those TCAT centers and stuff, don't they – have to pass a test to get certification <laughs> they do okay and so they're focused they know going in i have to perform at a particular level before mm-hmm. i graduate that's correct you know it doesn't matter how long it takes me to do it you know the programs for a year and a half two mm-hmm. years whatever it takes me five years to do it. it takes me five years to do it i've got to pass that test at the end where we go back to achievement-based promotion mm-hmm as opposed to age-based promotion and so, and that's i think that's a uh you know i agree with you we test too much mm-hmm. but then we also need to make sure that they know that they know coming they know. in you know that these these are where the tests are going to be taken yeah we may it, I, I'd, I'd love to see it go to every other year and so now teachers have two years to get these kids ready that retention year can be in those off years, mm-hmm. well, the, the <laughs> as way, such as well. And you, you've been a, you've been a teacher. I'm going to give away how old you are, but you've been a teacher a while, thirty four years. And yeah. um, w- the way we used to do education was you put your best teachers <clears throat> in the odd numbered years. 
those teachers were meant to teach new principles and, and push and push education as hard as they can. In the even-numbered years, that's when you put your teachers that were new or, or good review teachers to review that material, drive it home, and then you test it in the odd-numbered years. And so every other year you would take a, a summative test over what the kids were taught for two years, but you had you had it set up in a way that they had two years to grasp that that knowledge, but it wasn't it wasn't that you were trying to push everything at them like we do right now. It was here's what I need them to know in first and second grade, and in second grade they're going to take their test, and if they know the fo- the foundational basics, they're on track. We don't do that anymore. It's how many questions you can get right on a test. Instead of what can you tell me you know, it's just, and you'll see that at the end of our TCAP test, they'll start just filling in answers. Mm-hmm. And that's what's leading us down to problem. Carrie, I know you're, by, you're chopping it to bed. I can see it. There's just so much into that. Um, yeah. I, I do have a lot of thoughts. I, that I think in the time that we have left, a shout out, I think, to push support to younger ages and grades is hugely important. Um, I'm glad we have not talked about the reflection of TCAP scores on teachers' evaluations because that is focusing on adults and what you were talking about focuses on kids, Mm -hmm. although that's discussion that probably still needs to be addressed at some point. But what first things first, we've got to address these kids that are slipping through where they cannot read, they cannot do math. They are, you know, by the time they're in third grade and they are socially aware if they were to get held back, I do think that there's social emotional that would need to be addressed there. And so I shout out the younger, the better. I do believe support tutoring. Those kids are eager. Those kids love to learn. They love to be recognized by their teacher. They are still loving school at that age. It is a great time to pour in. And good teachers do know which kids are succeeding and which kids aren't. I think that's a good phrase, Gary. You know, I think pour in, pour in. I think that ought to be a bumper sticker. Hey, pour in. Let, let, let me give you a teaser for next week. The uh, Biden administration and the Gates Foundation has has are, are pushing right now to put mRNA vaccines into our food sources, so you don't have a choice whether or not you're going to take any type of mRNA vaccine. That you are going to get it through the food source right now. And we are working on a bill right now to prevent that in Tennessee. I'll give you. A, I'll, I'll give you that next week when I come back. Oh my goodness! And, then, and Bill Gates is the one out there. I'm, I've got this article right in front of me. He wants us to eat fake meat because of climate change. <laughs> I mean, can't even have a pork chop or a steak anymore, you know. And, and he wants to mandate this fiat. You know, this, the the oppressed people of this country are no longer limited to black people. All working people are oppressed. I mean, listen to this list. <laughs> listen to this list. Back-